Are you ready for the end of the world? If there was an emergency, would your family have enough water and non-perishable food to last three days? We asked families across the country. Here are some of their answers. Well, we depend mostly on our meats, on our refrigerator, on, you know, cooking that way. So most of our foods are in the refrigerator. Once the electricity goes out, your refrigerator goes out. So you can only use that for a certain amount of time. We usually eat fresh food daily. You know, in the pantry, we have, like, granola bars and canned tomatoes, you know. That's true, but Uh, that's really not survival food. Tomato paste. The brand of dog food that I do purchase for the dogs, as well as the cats, are edible by humans. We could even share the same bowls. (laughs) How about my own bowl? Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to ready.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. That was funny. I didn't mean to uh, do our tagline, are you ready for the end of the world, right into emergency preparedness, but it kind of went together. So this is Orda Energy Mon, and yes, we should be prepared for emergencies. Yes. <laughs> um, the emergency could be something as simple as um, not having enough money to buy food. So have extra food for that emergency. Or, um, of course, um, having a bunch of people come over for a party, <laughs> just that could be a real emergency. Yeah, that's like, a party emergency. <laughs> like, that's some food for thought right there. Yeah. So um, how you been doing this week? Have you been enjoying what could almost be spring? Yeah, I think today is going to be the real start of spring. It's supposed to get up to 70. <laughs> I saw it was a little chilly outside, but I'm like, I'm not going to put on a jacket. I know I won't need it later. Yeah, it's like... It's going to be 70. So... I might have to take off layers. <laughs> In the news, rethinking education for resilience and sustainability... This hit me real um, strong because I've been working with a lot of colleges to well, community colleges to revamp their curriculum. Yeah, I mean they're trying to be uh, relevant in the modern world, and they're becoming a lot more technical, like more tech colleges, more hands-on, less theoretical, less just overall knowledge, more hands-on. You know. I guess you could say real-world knowledge. Mm-hmm. So a lot more labs and a lot more hands-on stuff and just talking about how it applies to people so that, well, essentially training someone for a job that's out there in the market. So green tech jobs and renewable energy jobs, etc. So saying all that, let's go back to the article. Um. <laughs> Did you ever see this video online comparing the food industry to drug dealers? <laughs> Are you worried about oil money corrupting our children's education? Well, this might be, there might be a reason for it. I don't know if you've ever seen any energy education in um, uh, middle school. A lot of the books and literature is sponsored by the petroleum industry. <laughs> yeah. That... You know, there'll be a book, and, you know, the teachers love it because it's free. Yeah, it's free, and it's got all the plans in there, you know. And it's and it's it's 
in most of the case, it, it does do a good overall knowledge, but it, of course, is um, subtly tilted towards, um, I guess you could say, conventional non-renewable power sources. Yeah, that even happens at the college level sometimes. I remember seeing a video about genetic engineering and how it works. And, of course, you know, it was produced by uh, people who do it, who do genetic engineering and are trying to promote it. But they, they introduced the science, but then they subtly, like, and sometimes not so subtly, pushed the value of it. So it's the same with the fossil fuel companies when they donate stuff for education. <laughs> so our current educational um, system is developed for the Industrial Revolution. The result has been an overemphasis on rote learning, as in obedience, respect for authority, and ability to follow instructions. In, I mean, more and more the world is becoming very, I'm trying to think, innovative. Yeah. You have to be able to think outside the box. The people who become millionaires or invent new things are people who are thinking outside the existing system. Yeah. They're coming up with new and innovative ways. Yeah, we don't need people to be robots anymore because we have robots. <laughs> you know, we need human beings to be human beings and be creative, innovative, collaborative, communicative creatures. So the difficulty with this type of education that it doesn't free our spirit, energy, or passion. As a result, many people simply opt out and do whatever comes their way. In Spain, for example, 28% of teenagers drop out of school and with many other countries not far behind. Yeah. And so... Yeah, and some people see, you know, dropout rates and they think, oh, that's because they're lazy or, you know, they're, they're dumb or that sort of thing. But oftentimes it's because they're not engaged in the material. Sometimes oh, some of the smartest people are like, this is dumb, this is pointless. Why are you having me do this route learning? I mean, a lot of the smarter ones are the ones dropping out of school because they're not being challenged. Yeah. It, um. It's, you know, they, they call them the troublemakers because they question. <laughs> yeah, they question authority. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, um, this is what I like about a lot of science. There's, there's facts, yes, but there's a lot of, um, ways to conduct an experiment. Yeah. You know, there's, there's endless ways to conduct experiments. But at the end, you you know you come up with a fact. Yeah, you d went through a process to do an experiment, and you're like, okay, here is the results. But um, if you just follow a set experiment, you're going to get a set result. Yeah, I mean, um, what is it? WD forty is water displacement, the fortieth experiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you call it? The people who uh, did penicillin, it was a, a mistake. Yeah. The people who developed photovoltaics, it was a, a experiment gone wild. I mean, it's just a lot of them, that's the case. Yeah, and the person who developed uh, alternating current, he had visions about how the... The, the electricity so he was works. crazy. Yeah, he was a little bit crazy. You know, he was he was talking to pigeons, falling in love with a pigeon. But he he took that creativity and channeled it into uh, new uh, innovations. And if they had just, you know, I, I'm trying to imagine the poor thought of Tesla in in uh, like a traditional school How about being Einstein? forced. Yeah, Einstein too. Like, there's just no you know, way. Imagine Einstein's trying to think of relativity, and they're telling him, you know, no, don't do that. Yeah, don't look out the window. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. 
it it is definitely a ban- balance. Um, so the question: How can we create a shift and have it, you know, permeate the mainstream? Again, I've been seeing a lot more collaborative, hands-on uh, learning um, with an encouragement to engage big, challenging questions of our time in at least the community colleges. Because, I mean, part of it is the community colleges are working on hiring people from the industry. You know, instead of um, someone who works as an electrician and then in the afternoon comes and teaches how to do electrical wiring. Yeah. That's an example. Um, so, all right. You want to read? Have you gone hiking yet this year? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Does, does walking around town count as hiking? <laughs> well. We have a pretty tree-friendly town in Carbondale, but I haven't been out. We don't really for, have a hiking-friendly town. No, not really. I haven't been out for real hiking yet this season. Uh, so, yeah. It's good to talk about the outdoors. And so here's here's a little something about Giant City State Park. Uh, this is part of a series of Adventures with Uncle Bob, Guide to Self-Adventure in Southern Illinois. Uh, well, I don't know if this one counts as a lesser-known place, because it's Giant City. Uh, you know, everyone who's been in town for more than five minutes probably knows about Giant City, but they may not have actually explored it. Have you been to Fern Rock's natu- Nature Reserve right next to Giant City? Oh, I don't know if I have, actually. Yeah, so. It's right next to Giant City. Yeah, so that's what, let's see. If you actually go down to the turnoff for Macanda, you can actually follow the switchback down, downhill to the downtown, and you can turn left and enter the park. That's one way to get into Giant City Park. Yeah. But within the park or near the park is the fern area. Yeah. I've been there once. I now, see, that is a lesser-known spot, then. I remember, like... I remember ferns like as high as me. And they had like this little hiking trail through it. And I don't know if that was the actual fern natural area. But um, I do remember in Giant City Park hiking through um, a fern area. Yeah. So let's see. And, I mean, what's really nice about Giant City Park is there is all the cliffs and rocks and um, overhangs, and you can, uh, you know, what is it, overlooks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's very beautiful, and it's very uncommon, uh, the geography and also the plant life. There's some species that like to grow right in the, like, the drip line underneath those ridges, you know. There's just this little area where the rain drips steadily from that cliff, and there's some... Some things I'd like that. If you would like a detailed uh, description of uh, both, what was it called, the Fern Rocks Nature Preserve and um, what was the other one, the Red Cedar Trail and the River to River Trail in Cobden, um, how to get there, description of it, please send us an email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we will email you that and then you can let us know what you thought of it because um, there's actually on the Red Cedar Trail there's a nice seasonal waterfall over a shelter cave mm-hmm. That's yeah that sounds really exciting I don't think I've been to that one no. the Red Cedar Trail how to get zero fatalities 
It is a different in attitude. In Sweden, they are aiming to completely eliminate pedestrian and cycling fatalities. In North America, eh, they're just unavoidable fatalities. Volvo actually debuts a new way to save cyclist lives. Now, in 2011, Volvo showed a sensor and automatic braking system the company said would help save pedestrians' lives. It's actually pretty interesting. It has like a little camera on the front, um, and well, it works if you're in, you know, high, well, basically, if you're going slower. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you're going too fast, it doesn't matter how automatic it is. Yeah. You're not going to stop in time to hit the pedestrian or the bicycle. Yeah. But the idea is if you're in like a city and you're going 20, 25 miles an hour. Yeah. Which, and it's, you know, you're overwhelmed and someone steps in front of your car, it'll stop it. Um, now they've also added an airbag for the front of the car. So when you do hit, the person flies up on the hood, they'll fly up onto an airbag. Yeah. And so that idea will, you know, make it so that people, well, what is the word? Die less? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was an innovative, uh, the, you know, the front airbag like on the front of the car. I wonder if that actually works. Well, the scary thing is, is they're probably going to, they're reaching the point where they'll be the driverless car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's cars now that can park themselves. There's cars that can stop themselves now. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're getting to the point where soon you cruise control will actually mean you could crawl into the back and take a nap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got cars. They're not confident with them yet. They've got cars that can steer themselves to a degree. They're not confident enough yet to put them loose on the city streets. But uh, the technology is there, so we might have it eventually. And then you got to be sure it's not going to run people over and that sort of thing. Well, that's the scary thing is imagine a hacker getting in there and just like... Yeah, take over all the cars. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, going to be a scene in a movie sometime soon. The, the hacker takes over I've all the cars. I've seen it where they've taken over the street lights. Yeah. In a city to make it so that people could drive through the city really easy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I haven't seen that in a movie yet. You'd think it would... Yeah. Well, one of the important things for me from this story is this idea of zero fatalities. You know, like... Wow. I know. So innovative. <laughs> yeah. It's Thinking so, outside the box. Yeah. Let's live in a world where cars don't kill people. You know, I mean, of course, you know, probably forever, you know, when you have vehicles moving that fast, there are going to be accidents occasionally, you know, like maybe a few accidents a year. But if you have this attitude of zero fatalities, what you can do is you take every measure possible to stop those accidents. If you just say, oh, we're going to have accidents, then you don't really take the extra you don't go the extra mile in order to stop those. And you can save lives by taking the attitude, let's have zero accidents. So go the extra mile means drive around the pedestrian areas? <laughs> yes. It's just like, oh, people are there, yeah. so let's drive around them. Yeah. Well, and if you take zero fatalities seriously, you may do things like redesign your city a little bit. Sure, that'll cost like a few million dollars or even a few billion dollars, you know, but then less people will die for the rest of the life of your city. Wow. <laughs> so it's... It might be worth the investment. Well, I mean, don't they probably... I wonder who does those calculations, let's say. We spend a million dollars. It'll save 10 lives a year. Is it yeah. worth it? You know? <laughs> yeah. I wonder who who does those calculations. So. Somebody's crunching those numbers. Did you hear we got a new pope? I heard about that. And apparently he's... Um, there's been, I've seen some bad things on the internet about him, of course. <laughs> he's famous. <laughs> yeah, he's famous now. That's, yeah. But apparently he likes public transportation. 
They've got like tons and tons of pictures have popped up about him on trains and buses. Yeah. But he lives in a country, I, I, I think, that has really good public transportation, right? Yeah. So maybe that's it. <laughs> or maybe he just likes, you know, not driving. Yeah. It's, it's actually a very nice feeling sometimes. Huh? Yeah. I bet, I bet, for better or worse, I bet he won't be riding the subway anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> it's good that they, you know, he's advocating that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Well, it's all like even not necessarily just advocating it, just practicing it. When he was back in, in his country, he was just riding the subway. I think this is a French electric car, huh? Okay. Okay. This new electric car has beaten its own path so far, and that looks set to continue with an innovative pricing structure. The Bloré blue car electric vehicle is to be sold for 12,000 euros. And what's so good about that? Well, it's cheap. Yeah. But the cost in an electric car is the batteries themselves. Yeah. And so what they're doing is they're selling you the car for 12,000 euros and then you lease the batteries. Yeah. So basically you rent the batteries and so, you know, they replace them on a regular basis and you just have a regular monthly payment essentially for maintenance. Yeah. I mean, that's really because batteries have a limited life and, you know, need regular maintenance. And so the leasing company covers that. Yeah, so. that's all like a good plan. I mean, yeah. people are coming up with all these innovative solutions for how to handle batteries for electrics. Like, you know, I know one of the other ideas is, you know, if you eventually had a lot of people with electrics, you could go into a, like, instead of a filling station, you'd have a battery station. Right. And either they quick charge it or they switch out the battery for another battery. Like, uh, there's lots of options. Yeah. So. Whereas with uh, fossil fuels, there's just the option of burning more fossil fuels. <laughs> Well, I mean, look at our fossil fuel system. It mm -hmm. is very intricate. Yeah, and it complicated. is. Complicated. People don't think about it because it's established now, but right. it takes a lot of work to go from like a, an oil somewhere deep beneath the ground to something filling your gas tank. And but I mean, think about it. Our, our electric system's already established. Yeah. I mean, it would take nothing to establish, you know, uh electric filling station. Yeah. Cuz our infrastructure's already here. Yeah, so, huh. and we wouldn't have to put any Keystone XL pipelines to uh, lots of people's lands in order to do it. And we don't have to worry about, you know, a storm in one area affecting gas prices way over in another area because it's so intricately connected, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Today is the, what is it, the Ides of March? Yes. I've, I've heard that you should beware the Ides of March. What does that mean? I mean... <laughs> It means be, beware of getting in trouble with your, your friends stabbing you in the back. Oh, okay. <laughs> huh. Today is True Confessions Day, so someone might confess that they want to take me down, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully they'll confess it and get it out of the way with a conversation. <laughs> there you go. Um, tomorrow, Saturday, the 16th of March, is Freedom of Information Day. It's also Lips Appreciation Day. <laughs> So feel free to share that information. Yes. <laughs> All right. Also coming up on Sunday is uh, Absolutely Incredible Kid Day. And uh, let's see. St. Patrick's Day is coming up on Sunday. And it's National Day in Ireland. Maybe yeah. they go together. Yeah, I believe they do. They don't do St. Patrick's Day in Ireland? They don't do it the same way we do it here. Like, uh, I mean... 
basically there are a lot of holidays where the American tradition is to add alcohol to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Irish holidays, I heard that's like the the national sunblock is the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a good joke. So it, it's a uh, national uh, try not to promote stereotypes of the Irish day. <laughs> Oops, I screwed that one up yeah. already. Yeah, just remember on the day itself, you know, the other 364 days people will promote stereotypes of the Irish, but not on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Because <laughs> that'll get you in trouble. So, um, some happenings in the area. People send us happenings, we talk about the happenings, and then the event happens because we happen to be the happening guys. Yeah. I stretched it out one extra happening that <laughs> You time. did. All right. Getting more happenings each time. I'm going to have to memorize one that's better longer next week. <laughs> Probably not. Um, did you know at the Gaia House Interface Center, they have print and copy for five cents black and white and only 15 cents color? Hmm. So I've that's, heard like, about that. that's like a third of the price of any other color place in town. Yeah. That's cool. Hmm. So what other happenings? Let's see. We have Yoga Basics for Women over at Gaius Interfaith Center on Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. Man, uh, you just did that like like the wrestling person. Yes. Yoga for women, we will take you down. <laughs> I think it has to be a little more calm. <laughs> Yoga for women. The calm, meditative reading of the <laughs> happening. <laughs> no, there's, there's, I mean, this sounds like a gentler class. There are forms of yoga that are invigorating, too. But this is open to beginners on Wednesdays, 10.30 a.m. at Guy House. All right, new happenings. The time is here again. A message from the volunteer coordinator for Habitat for Humanity of Jackson Union County. The time is here. We are starting our build on the Habitat House this Saturday, March 16th. The house is located at 2006 Commercial Street in Murfreesboro. They will start at 8 a.m. and will need to spread some gravel in a crawl space. Make sure you wear shoes and clothes appropriate for a construction site. <laughs> so if you want to be on the ground floor, not even, this is below the, below ground, the ground floor. Below the ground floor. You get to see what's at the beginning of a house before you put up all the walls yeah. and such. But every Saturday starting now until the house is finished, <laughs> chance to build a house with Habitat for Humanity. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now I'll go ahead and read this one with the announcer voice. Monday, 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 March 18th at 7 p.m., the Carbondale City Council Candidate Forum. This is at the Carbondale Civic Center, 200 South Illinois in Carbondale. You get the chance to see, hear, and speak with the 12 candidates for Carbondale City Council. It's a sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Jackson County. And I am excited about that one, so I thought I would read it with the announcer voice. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't have fully have the energy, you know. Yeah, it's just like I I could do better. All right, but wanted to get that out there. <laughs> it's important, you know, to be involved in your local community. Find out who's going to be on city council. Ask it's them some not questions. Not important if you don't want to complain later. <laughs> yeah, you know, if it, I hear you complaining <laughs> and you weren't involved, yeah, well, I don't know if I can. Yeah. Listen to you. <laughs> it's just like, you can complain. But I don't <laughs> yeah. think if you haven't, you know, participated in the process. Yeah. If you want to abdicate your authority and let whatever random crazy person run the city, you know, then. Oh, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's 12 candidates, you know, if you don't oh, pay attention. I, I thought you meant there was already some random crazy <laughs> people already running the city. No, there's some pretty good people in city council <laughs> right now. Um, but there's 12 new ones coming. And if you don't pay attention, you never know who could. Sneak in there and make things all 
wild, crazy. They <laughs> could do things you don't like. But if you show up, you can ask them questions like, what are your plans with the, uh, you know, the zoning ordinance, for example? Yeah. It's like, um, how do you plan to bring more businesses downtown? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What is your ecological vision for Carbondale? Um, do you plan to eliminate parking? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I wonder how much it costs, you know, parking versus uh, how much money the city actually makes. <laughs> yeah. Because they have to pay someone to collect the money. So I don't know. That's yeah. Interesting. Hmm. The second annual Margie Parker teach-in on drone policy has been rescheduled for Thursday, April 11th. Again, the new date is Thursday, April 11th. Yes. In other happenings, we have the Logic Drop-In Double Dig Workshop. Now, Logic is the local organic gardening initiative of Carbondale, and they're having a drop-in double dig workshop on Friday, March 22nd at 2 p.m. That's at their spots at 3373 West Pleasant Hill Road in Carbondale, or sort of on the edge of Carbondale. (laughs) Double your money. Yes. Double your money and food contributions. March 1st through April 20th, the Good Samaritan House, anything that's donated to them will go twice as far. They will be matched by the Feinstein Foundation's annual $1 million giveaway. So please help the Good Samaritan Ministries meet the Feinstein Challenge by making a donation. Again, whatever you donate will be matched and doubled. Yes. So that's an exciting way to double your effort to help others. Call the Good Sam 457-5794 or visit their website, goodsamcarbondale.org. Hmm. All right, let's see. Another happenings, we have the Winter Farmer's Markets. Uh, running out of time for the Winter Farmer's Market because the spring and summer one and fall one will be coming up soon. <laughs> but in the meantime, we still have Winter Farmer's Market coming up on Saturday, tomorrow at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., at Thomas School, 1025 North Wall Street in Carbondale. The Vigil for Peace, Saturdays from noon until 1 p.m., the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. This is sponsored every week by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Hmm. All right. And we have also coming up tonight, we have Rice and Spice, International Slow Foods Dinner. Uh, this week's theme is Flavors of Caribbean Costa Rica. Oh, oh, oh. This sounds exciting. Caribbean Costa Rica, it's one of the most ecologically diverse places in the world. And it's also a socially diverse place. It has a blend of restaurants, flavors, and people. It sounds really like a really delicious dinner coming up. Um, again, that is at the Guy House Interface Center, 913 South Illinois Avenue. Fridays at 6 p.m., Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner. Also at Fridays at the Guy House, at 7 p.m., the open mic. Show off your performances in a comfortable coffee house meets living room environment. So there's food downstairs, coffee house upstairs, and entertainment either in the process of helping cook or the process of getting on the mic. Hmm. So, yes. Looks like we've got enough time to mention the Cash River Watershed. Uh, they're having some spring birding hikes out in the Cash River Watershed. It's coming up on Saturdays from March 16th to April 20th, from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. They will be seeking to identify birds on the diverse landscape that the cache has to offer. They'll hike a different trail each week. 
Uh, for more information, you can call Cypress Creek Wildlife Refuge at 618-634-2231. Sounds like a wonderful way to spend, you know, uh, weekends out there looking at the birds. Yeah, it's... it's and learning. Spring is just around the corner. Yeah. It might even spring out today. Yeah. It's like, so now's your chance to start enjoying the perfect Southern Illinois, the reason why most people come here. And yet, you know, don't get a chance to actually go and do any of it. Yeah. Now's the chance to do it because, you know, in a month or so, you can start complaining about how hot it is. So <laughs> yeah. get it in while you can. So <laughs> this has been Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are your community spirit. See you again on the radio. <laughs>